Hello, everyone, and welcome to the BIPOC Heard podcast. I am Farah. I'll be representing the Arab community. Hi, my name is Devana Ratanathan, and I'll be representing the Sri Lankan community. Hi, I'm Rosie Amoa, and I'll be representing the Ghanaian West African community. I'm Erin Chan, and I'm going to be representing the Chinese community. Let's talk about what we're talking about today. We're talking about gender equality. How about we start with how we all perceive gender equality from how we were raised? For me, growing up, I grew up with like mainly women <laughs> run households. There were men there, they were just in the background. So everyone around me was so powerful. And so I saw a lot of positive, strong role models. But I think the downside of that was that there was no room to be emotional or soft or to receive love because you always had to be tough. You had to figure it out. You had to move on. You couldn't cry. So for me, gender equality is kind of emotionally stunted, but also like physically, mentally very powerful. I mean, I think for myself, gender equality can be a sore subject, especially because I'm not, I am a first generation immigrant. I was raised abroad. So gender equality definitely looked like there's the man of the house. You know what I mean? And the women had to get approval for things. Like I'll never forget this one time I had to go sleep over at my friends and I had to ask my little brother for approval because my father was away on travel. And I remember just feeling like as a woman for some reason we were we were held on a pedestal but at the same time seen as weak it was very confusing i completely get where you're coming from because i'm from a south asian background and where the man's or the male figure in the family is like the head and my mother was obviously like the lead as well but then as like a father we had to ask him for permission And my mom was very strong and they both went to work. So there was in that sense, like one couldn't go to work. But I know in some South Asian communities, it's like that where like the male is like the breadwinner of the home. And also like growing up, I was born here and I didn't feel like there was much of like a difference. I saw it just couldn't like express my feelings because we were just like always quiet and like we weren't supposed to express ourselves. So that was a bit hard going up. But, like, I guess I adjusted. I do kind of follow with um, Dibana's household, at least the Chinese community, is that unconsciously feel like women are expected to work around what the male wants. For example, it's just a subconscious thing. It's not even said that, like, oh, the male is superior, but it's just embedded actions that explains where the hierarchy is. For example, if there's something wrong, you don't really confront the males unless it's really bad. And when that happens, you do have to emotionally regulate yourself or else you're considered kind of just irrational. Yeah. And I think although it is better in like certain households, I grew up in like it is rather like almost equal, but there is going to be that consistency where like you're not allowed to do certain things because it's not very feminine compared to like other acts it's yeah i mean how do you feel like all those things shifted when like you started to acclimate to like gender equality in like canada because like i feel personally like it was the biggest shift of my life like i felt empowered but i felt confused Uh, i think i was like raised to a point where it's like the responsibility is like held on the man 
So I got like acclimated to that. So when I was given that responsibility, it was definitely really difficult for me to handle it at first. But at the same time, I was empowered. Overall, it was just a really confusing experience, honestly, acclimating to that. Like, and at the same time at home, like my family still holds the same traditional like gender roles. But when I go outside, people expect something completely different from me. And it's just, it's, it was so confusing get that because I remember in school like I was like oh if there's a guy talking you're not supposed to talk above him because like that's like the thing that we grow up at home like oh if your dad's talking like don't talk back to him that's disrespectful or like your cousins can say certain things because they're boys and as a girl you can't because you have to be feminine you have to be quiet and whatnot and then I go to school and they're like okay talk against me and I'm just like how what like what what how did this happen and I was so confused and like I remember there was a point in my life where I accidentally did what I did at school at home and it was not tolerated. I'll admit that. And I was very confused and I was like, okay, yeah, there's a difference. And yeah, I just had to adjust to that. Did you feel like a weird sense of resentment for it? I did, but at the same time, I grew up with a very strong mother and she was like, if you have something in your mind, say it respectfully and get your point across but just make sure that you're doing in a respectful manner and you're not just talking back straight up because he is your father he's still the male lead or like of the family but it's just like if I'm saying something and I'm like it doesn't make sense because like what I know what I'm saying is right but at the same time I have to submit which I just I didn't feel comfortable doing that yeah yeah I feel like when I was growing up especially in my like late teens, early 20s, the biggest point of conflict for me and my family was what was expected of me to do as a woman. And so like part of this whole being strong thing is like also like literally cooking meals for people who treat you badly and cleaning up after them and taking care of them and, you know, just giving yourself wholeheartedly to people that treat you poorly because it's seen as the strong thing to do. And I remember my mom would always be like, you don't know how to cook. And we'd always get into fights over things like that. And and for the longest time, I wouldn't cook anything because I wanted to like prove a point (laughs) that cooking is yeah, it's like a functional thing. We should all know how to cook. It should have nothing to do with your gender. But it was always the thing that we would fight around all the time. It was like cooking, the way I dress, trying to micromanage um, how I appeared so men wouldn't do something to me rather than holding them accountable or something like that. And yeah, it wasn't like until I moved out where, and I had my own place where I could come into myself freely without that tension and be okay with the decisions I've made for myself. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I did something similar to that. It was just, I would be like, oh, you need to know how to cook. What are you gonna do when you get to your like your husband's? What are you gonna do? Like, oh, your mother-in-law's gonna like like scold you or whatnot. Like, it's gonna bring like not shame to the family, but they're gonna be disappointed that you weren't taught how to cook and whatnot. But I'm like, is that really what's important? Is it not that I have a like I have a consciousness and I can make judgments on my own without a male interfering and it being right or wrong? Whatever it is, like I can think solely for myself instead of like depending on the opinions of others from that like the conversation like that we've all like gathered is the point of like a i'm not sure you're familiar with it but it's like the second shift where a woman goes does labor at her job she 
presents herself a certain way, but when she gets home, she still has a different personality where she has to take on as a caregiver. And that's what I kind of felt because of the gender differences between Western and like at least my culture was, even though it's not a prominent visible, dis not discrimination, but inequality, I guess, yeah. I have to act certain ways outside, but like inside, it's not that I wasn't allowed to do so, but I would get the feeling of disappointment and all these like negative feelings that would impact me, even though it's not physically done to me, but it's just the idea that yourself, you kind of put yourself in a box and where your boundaries are before anyone says it to you. Because when you're like growing up beforehand, like growing up they'll tell you they'll regulate your behavior such as like whistling I wasn't allowed to whistle but my brother was allowed to whistle it's just minor things that <laughs> yeah. remind you of what like your place is essentially it's like this way of like growing up and you're like you're shamed for certain behaviors like essentially what was done to us we were operant conditioned into behaving a certain way to like abide by certain rules and for some reason like just like you said Aaron like we're expected to behave a certain way at work and then we're expected to behave a certain way at home. Like, is there a place where we just get to be ourselves? Like, I, like, you know what I mean? At one point I felt like I was lying to myself cause I couldn't express what I wanted. Even in school, like I can't be myself cause I have to be professional. I'm in like a, a public setting and whatnot, but I'm like, okay, I could come home. I could be in my room. I could be in my personal space and I'm still restricted. Yeah. I, I'm not allowed to like openly express what I want just because I'm a female and I remember growing up there were certain things like oh you can't sit with like your legs wide open <laughs> you just can't you have to like be oh my prop. God. you have to sit up your back has to be straight you have to wear like well covering clothing like you have to be like fully covered you need mm. like you need to smile like I hated that I don't like smiling oh my don't God. tell me to smile I hated that <laughs> oh and they were like you need like Okay, and there were certain things like, oh, bowing down to your elders, like that, I understood as respect. Yeah. But like, what does my legs, like, what does that even do? Like, is the other person going to see me with my legs wide open and they're going to just faint? Like, I did not understand yeah. that. Yeah. But essentially, I think overall, like, what do you guys think that disparity in, like, cultural differences, how did that, like, affect you, like, growing up? Like, did it feel like an identity crisis? Did it feel like... What did it feel like having something outside empowering you as a woman, but at the same time, other times you didn't feel like you were allowed to? For me, I did have an identity crisis, like you said, but for me it was different because I guess it depends if you're more family oriented or friends. I had a complete disconnect with family. It was, they saw me as just a rebellious phase. They saw me as just westernized. All these saying that it was kind of like, they're just, excluding me from the culture because I had a more I had like growing up in school is gender equality and learning about like how we don't really have to there is no one that's better or worse but I think it's kind of hard because you have to I built myself like my identity around this issue where I didn't bother dealing with it because I was still my own person but it did take a lot more I think it was a harder path to decide like who I was because there's certain things that it was just instinct to not pick up like things like construction certain stereotypes and things that I just had to kind of work around saying I can't put myself it's just trying things as I get older because I'm in education for a bit longer so there's that yeah I mean 
personally, I had definitely still constantly having an identity crisis, especially since I wasn't specifically raised in Canada or born in Canada. I think the cultural disparity within me is like really intense just because I was raised and surrounded by something most of my childhood growing up. And then all of a sudden I was plunged into something completely different. And so it's, it's hard. Like I've only been living in Canada, I think for like nine years, nine years. It's just, it's definitely, it's definitely like hard to acclimate when most of your life has been adjusted to a completely different type of dynamic. I think when I was growing up, I was always one of those kids that just did what I wanted whenever I wanted. <laughs> I was just like, I'm going to do what I like. Um, and I think because my experience with just gender disparity comes from a place where it's kind of like, because it was so like female headed, there was just it was always the women in my family that were doing things like they were making the most money. They were like, yeah. on, my mom was always on a business trip. My stepdad was more of like, he would bake bread and he was just more of like the gentle one. And he did arts with me and he'd do my homework with me. But I think the biggest part was because there, there was just no emotional room um, yeah. for that. And so I couldn't emotionally express myself about how I feel and I feel like it's so weird because women are assumed to be so overbearing and so emotional and then there's me and I'm just like stone-faced not communicating what I feel not showing anything at all and it's been the hardest challenge for me to realize that my power as well as claiming um you know like just feeling powerful as a woman also comes in allowing emotions as well and feeling them because that's something we should all do as human beings anyways but it's just it's so weird because I feel like people will assume I'm way too emotional without knowing me and then they know me and then I'm not emotional enough and I'm just like like what do you what do you want from me yeah yeah for sure for me like I said before like I did have an identity crisis I feel like I still do and like growing up it was really hard because like I remember I'd go to school with like South Asian food and it was just like oh my god what is that and it didn't fit like western ideals it was like I would come home and then I would I didn't feel like myself for such a long time I feel like I still I feel like I still don't but like I can wrap my head around it but as a kid I was like so confused or like I would just be like oh what are you and I'm like I'm Canadian and then they'd be like no no what are you and I'm like my background is Sri Lankan like I hate when they do that but like I get like I know that I don't mean harm but it's just it feels weird, like, I identify as Canadian because I'm born in Canada, and Canada's so diverse, so it's, like, anything, but then, like, they just want to know where you're from, so I'm, like, okay, I'm Sri Lankan, but, like, yeah. I think, um, that is a good point. There is the identity crisis of who we identify as with our upbringing and, like, what we're brought up in. Another issue, for me, at least, is that I do, like, personally identify as they or them like that is my pronouns but the issue with that is that it does not exist in yeah. anything other than western so when i do get treated it is i guess um asian community kind of thing but at the same time both standards of just anyone kind of not going with what my pronouns are either you're the male or you're the female like there is no either one like you are either caregiving or you're going to be doing the work there is no for me like it was hard to tell like it was kind of I still haven't told my parents, but it is still hard 
for me to like tell them like my whole path isn't just surrounded about marriage and having kids and then pleasing this like step but at the same time I because it was them either saying oh you're wearing this like you must be yeah you must be a female but then I'm wearing clothes that are like more male or like gender fluid but then I'm like I don't it's I'm not trans but they don't understand it's just gender inequality for me is kind of an intersection of different things but yeah that's just my personal take yeah yeah I agree with that um I've told my family I don't want to get married and I think every time they think I'm joking <laughs> and I'm like I'll show you <laughs> when there's no, when there's no yeah. way <laughs> but it's I think that's a part of my disconnect with gender the conversations around gender in North America specifically is that it has influenced a lot of the way in which I view myself and like my power but also there's just never been enough space to accommodate the different experiences of how each of us have gone through this like as we're all speaking it means such different things to all of us and it's just so hard to like show up at a rally and someone's like you know, fighting for one particular thing. And that's the main theme. And it's so easy to be there and be like, oh, it's not like I don't care, but this is not my priority. How do you make space for priorities um, for other people's experiences as well? How do we make space for, you know, um, more gender identity um, acceptance, you know, just like so much more. And I feel like sometimes it could be hard to join those spaces when I don't see BIPOC faces there. I'm just immediately like, I'm out because I don't feel like anybody's yeah. really going to relate to me. So I'll see you later. <laughs> yeah. I Like, I so agree with that. Like, I just feel like when certain things are going on, nobody can really fully understand your personal experiences. Like, every single one of us, just like you said, has completely different experiences with this one topic. And it's just so important to make just like people aware of the struggle that BIPOC communities have with this difference this is an everyday struggle for us like it really really is like and with whether it be gender identity or whether it be expectations from our family or like it doesn't matter like we all struggle with these things and it's just I think it just all falls under equality all we want is equality yeah there's like one issue where like you can't say that I'm more westernized or I'm wherever I'm from it's like yeah because you're not really you can't really choose your since your upbringing is so crucial to who you are as a person later on we just need to work with both but when we work with both there are people who don't understand and not understanding is okay but like when they create more conflicts because of these differences in our culture and our understanding of social topics, it just kind of makes you feel like, and you kind of feel isolated, but even though like communities are becoming more inclusive, there's just that internalized difference. And I wanted to touch upon was, I remember I was called whiteified by one of my friends because as a Sri Lankan, we, uh, if you're a girl and you come to, you come to age, there's a big ceremony that every family holds for girls because like it just celebrate like you they basically celebrate the way that you can give life now and when I like I knew about it like when we were growing up they actually told us about it and I was like like why do we even have this why don't guys have it why do girls only have it 
and my mom was like oh this was because back in the day girls or like women used to get their periods much much like after not like at 12 or like they used to get when they're like 18 or 20 ish and it would basically symbolize and they would have these events because they were less males than females so basically it's like to celebrate that you could give life and you're ready to get married off shocked me because they didn't tell us any of this like even at school like like I went to thermal school and they didn't teach us any of this or like anything and then I was like yeah but like every like all my friends who were like the same ethnicity as me they had it and I was just like I wasn't comfortable of the idea of spending like it's just one day for myself yes I felt empowered by it but I didn't want to like do something so grand and spend like I didn't find the purpose of it like spending 5,000 just to book a hall to get like invite people yes I like the fact that I get to meet my relatives I can meet my cousins I could celebrate and I, I felt empowered by it. like I like the idea was empowering but it was just it didn't make sense to me so I chose not to do it and I told my parents that I'd rather go traveling and invest that money into like myself and I could go see places for like an entire month and I come and it was so fun like I don't regret doing that making that decision but then I remember telling my friends, oh, I didn't do it. I just did it at home. And then I took the money and I went abroad. And they were like, oh, my God, you're so westernized. You're Sri Lankan. You're supposed to do it. Every Sri Lankan girl gets to do it. And, like, it's, like, one day for ourselves where I'm like, I get the idea. I get the concept. I completely agree with it. It's just I didn't understand why. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I just – I find I definitely find that difficult. I remember – like what like you said like being called westernized i think the most annoying thing that i get called sometimes is white yeah. i'm like i'm i'm too white for my culture but i'm too arab for canadian culture and and it's just like like where at this point like where do i belong like like really where do i belong i remember going back back to egypt at one point and my friends calling me a radical feminist because i didn't find it acceptable to accept abuse from your partner and just like stick with it as a form of like you said Rosie like strength like handling bad behavior and it, to me I was just like how in the world is this considered radical feminism like really <laughs> yeah like going against like convoy so like like you're just supposed to be the wife and you're just supposed to listen to all your um, husband like your husband and you're just supposed to submit to him and regardless of what he does you're just supposed to accept it. you're just there to like take care of him and your kids and whatnot but then you could go through all the abuse and it would be like oh okay I want to get a divorce like divorce does not exist in okay it does exist but it's very very unlikely and like even being like separate like people would be like ashamed to talk about it they're like they don't want others to know that they're separate because they're breaking the traditional cultures of like south asians and like it's just like if you can't tolerate the person and if it's going to like i completely don't get abuse and like if you choose that decision go with it and they're like oh like even if your husband like does like if he drinks or if he smokes if he does something that like even if he cheats on you they're like you just have to stay faithful you have to be there for the kids they always pinpoint women to the kids like can't like it takes two to tangle like can't the father take care of kids like they're single fathers all over the world why are we the only ones that we have like like we gave birth to the kid already why do we have to like take on the burden all by ourselves like i don't get it 
Um, I wanted to actually go back to Farah. You made a point earlier about the not being Egyptian enough for your friends in Egypt, being a radical feminist and then being too Arab. And I find too often that um, the weaponization of like identities and like the reconstruction of identities to make others feel comfortable is often used for towards women and people in the LGBTQ plus community in the sense that like if you're from a particular background and you don't, you know, um, follow the what the gender norms of what's expected to you. You're not this enough. You're too Canadian. You're too this. You're too that. If you're gay in a community that's very anti-gay, it's like, oh, that must be the Western. That must be the Canadian influence in you. If you're trans, if you're identifying as they, them, suddenly people want to take that cultural identity from you. And I think it's so dangerous because we all know what it's like to be different in Canada, as in when people think of Canadians, they don't think about our faces here. And when you have a claim, all of us have a stake here because we're all, you're either born here, you're a citizen, you contribute to this country in some way, shape or form. We, We are helping this country grow, not just with our tax dollars, but with our influence of our food and our culture. We do so much that we 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 belong here, period. But it's hard when constantly people are taking that away from you, asking you, where are you really from? Like you said earlier, um, Dibana, but it hurts even more when your family or people from the same culture as you take it away because you're not doing something in their eyes that complies with the gender norm. Um, That was my little rant. (laughs) That was great. At the end of the day, we're just trying to get people to understand that our experiences are incredibly different. Every day is different. And it's just when we go outside, it's different. And when we go back home, it's different. It's just, we're all different.